Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's the latest on USF's college football head coaching search? Was Deion Sanders really in the building in Tampa? I'm not so sure I think that happened, but we'll give you the latest. And we'll talk about, of course, the conference championships, the national playoff picture, Florida State, Florida, all of that coming up with Matt Baker, the Tampa Bay Times, our college football writer, going to join us here in just a minute. First, I want to remind you guys that uh, if you want to save money on your electric bill, Contact our folks at May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years. Now, there's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Something goes wrong, boom, they're back out there fixing it. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's the May difference. So if you visit the Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all the products, and they conduct on-site testing, so you'll see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. You know who's doing the job. Those are Billy Mays guys up there on that roof. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of life and that of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Best time of the week, get a chance to talk college football with Matt Baker, the Tampa Bay Times, and boy, oh boy, have we got some interesting um, subplots, I guess, going on around college football, particularly in the coaching realm. We'll start there, Matt. Uh, USF still hasn't hired a coach as we do this podcast here on uh, early Wednesday morning, at least. Uh, that could change, and if it does, we'll, we'll change accordingly, but... All kinds of rumors, as usual, as I guess you would expect about Deion Sanders. Where at this moment do we think we stand with USF's coaching? Oh, thanks for having me on, Rick. This has been an interesting couple days. Uh, I don't like doing this. This is not a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) But I'm going to break this up into a couple different things. I'm stealing this from the excellent college football podcast, Split Zone Duo. They, They like to speak in what they call therapy words. I know, or I think, I feel... And I know, okay? I think, I feel, I know. So okay. I'm going to start with I know. And when I say I know, I, I will take this to the bank, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I believe very much in accuracy. If I'm telling you this, I know this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So number one, I know that as of 9.30 Tuesday, when, when there was a report that a final decision has been made, I know that was premature. I okay. heard very quickly from two different people. Um, one was no, that is not accurate. Another one was a much stronger no. Okay. okay. So as of, as of nine thirty yesterday, no final decision has been made and that checks with other stuff, right? There's a lot going on, which leads to number two. I know there are, are a lot of moving parts here. Um, so that means locally, that means nationally, that means with the candidates. So let's go in order. Deion Sanders. Um, we know USF has talked to him. Michael Kelly had, had confirmed that on the record with a USF podcast. We know Colorado has offered him the job. Such you know offers are kind of tricky right now, but 
Colorado has, at least has a ton of interest. And we know that because Dion freaking Sanders said it himself. So there's competition there. We know that the Liberty job recently opened um, when, when Hugh Freeze left for Auburn. And it's certainly possible, if not plausible, that USF and Liberty are swimming in some of the same circles. You know, a guy like Jamie Chadwell, for instance. He's someone that I've name has come up a lot with USF. He's a very religious man, and it's his own belief, his personal stuff, but it's relevant with Liberty, which is a religious school where that's a very important part of it. So you could see how that would be, um, they would be in the, in, the, in the same conversations. We know Cincinnati recently opened when Luke Fickle left for Wisconsin. That opens up another primo job. Um, we also know there's a lot of moving parts just with the, some of the candidates that we've mentioned. Um, you know, conference championship games are this weekend, right? So the I just we'll, we'll get to more on that in a second. But conference championship games are this weekend. So is it possible that a head coach would sitting head coach would take another job, accept it, be announced on like the Thursday of conference championship week? Yeah, we live in a multiverse of infinite possibilities. But I highly doubt that. So I know there's a lot of moving parts here. And the last thing that I, that I will say right now that I know is the timeline. Michael Kelly said straight up in his opening remarks in, his in, in the, the news conference after Jeff Scott was fired. He said December 5th, we want somebody in place by December 5th. That's because that's when the NCAA transfer portal opens. You've got people who can start moving in that direction. But the, the window itself opens on December 5th. So for USF to be competitive, the new coach to be competitive, have a feel of the roster, all that stuff, that's when they need to have somebody in place. So there's been some some chatter about uh, players meeting to announce a new coach on December 4th. Well, yeah, that's probably true because the deadline the whole time is by December 5th. So those are the things that I know right now this second. Pause. You chime in, Rick. What do you, what do you, what do you want to add there? Okay, here's what I want to know. Uh, well, those that's what you know, and then we'll get to that's what, what I you know. think. Then we'll get to what you think. Here's what I want to know. Do you feel as though primetime Deion Sanders is going to end up at USF? Do I feel that way? No, I do not. Um, and, and I say that for a couple reasons. Um, I, I know USF would be an attractive location for him. I mean, he's from Florida, obviously Florida State legend. He could recruit the heck out of it. All that stuff is true. I think he would probably prefer to live in the South if, if given his, his options. Um, and, and USF is an attractive program. I, there's lots of good things. But the perception in the industry, again, we're still in this I feel slash I this think. This is the I feel. Yes. That's correct. Um, the perception in the industry is that he would take it, that his next job would be in the Power Five. That mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to a USF or FAU or UNLV, which just came open, although that's pretty interesting. Um, the perception has been that he would, when it's time for him to move from Jackson State, it would be for a Power 5 job that is a significant step up. USF is a step up from Jackson State, but it's not a leap the way that, you know, I know Colorado's got issues, but Colorado's budget is significantly larger, right? Sure. Um, Cincinnati. Right, Cincinnati right now is in the AAC, but they're moving to the Big Twelve. Um, mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. could probably offer. Um, again, these things are all negotiable, but I would imagine they could that their salary for their next head coach would probably be double what USF would be, just based on past history. And that also is stuff that extends to the coaching salary, the, you know, the, the the pool for the assistants. So you add that stuff up. 
I, I do not feel that Dion will be the next head coach at USF. Um, however, he hasn't. I do, I do not think he has ruled it out. And honestly, he would be dumb to rule it out right now because sure, while this leverage, is ongoing, yeah. mm-hmm. the more people you have in there, the higher your price goes. Okay, who do you think might have the best inside track? And there's been some candidates. We you know you've, you've listed some. I'll throw one more out that I I think or I know. They've talked to, which is Rich Passaccia. That's right. It comes up every, it seems like, three years. Um, but he he is indeed in it. And I will say this. If Rich Passaccia is introduced as an ex-USF head coach, I don't think it's a bad thing because this is a guy that's been in college football, been in pros forever, and took a Raiders team that was circling the drain after John Gruden got blown out and all the drama to the playoffs and won a playoff game. And last time I checked, the Raiders aren't very good, at least uh, this year, under Josh McDaniel. So that's my pitch. Um, who do you think is going to be the coach right now? Who has the inside track? Do you do you think or believe or feel? So yeah, so the name that has gotten the most traction that I've heard locally and then on the national perspective as well is Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, yeah. And I, I I heard that was a name that I heard. I mean, literally within the first forty eight hours. Um, I initially sure. didn't give it enough thought, but. I, I didn't realize, I stupidly didn't realize, he was only making like 900000 a million at Coastal Carolina only, right? Um, right. So USF paid Jeff Scott, I think this past year was about $2.4 million, give or take. So right. USF could certainly pay a good amount more. And mm-hmm. that would obviously be attractive to somebody. Um, sure. You, you look at USF being in the AAC and realistically should be one of the biggest dogs in the AAC when when. Uh, this next year rolls around and Cincy and, and Houston and UCF are gone. That's a big step up. Um, so even though Coastal has been better the last few years, you could see why that would be an appealing move for Jamie Chadwell. Um, the other part of this is that, um, again, there's going to be, there's competition, right? Like he, uh, I think football scoop reported that he interviewed with the Georgia tech job. Now Georgia tech has since filled that job. Uh, they went internally with Brent key, who was, one point that the coach in waiting for George O'Leary at UCF. Um, so that's off the board, but that shows you that you know, Jamie's a guy who's really respected in the industry and he's going to have yeah. other options, including, as I mentioned, potentially Liberty. Uh, right. I, I don't think he would be in the mix at Cincinnati just because he's kind of a, you know, he's only coached in the, in the Southeast. And my understanding is that he wants to stay in the South, the Southeast, um, yeah. but he's going to have options and we'll just kind of have to see how that shakes out. Um, a couple other things in the kind of, I think I feel category. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Dion because there were some stuff about him being on campus. Uh, I, I think that is highly uh, on, on Tuesday, I should say, I think that right. is very unlikely. I spent a lot of time trying to chase this down. Um, I looked at for flights in and out of Jackson to the mm-hmm. Tampa area Mm-hmm. And to every little airport in Tampa, every little airport around Jackson, I could not find any. Is it possible that he flew and it was an untracked plane or something? Yes. Is it possible that he took Delta Flight 736 from Jackson to Tampa with a stop in, in Atlanta to get Chick-fil-A and change planes? I suppose it's possible. Um, but we also know he was at Jackson State yesterday. Um, there was a video of him congratulating players who were, you know, named all conference which was announced yesterday at either 11 or 12 i don't i don't quite know the time zone on that um he was at practice like the idea of some of a sitting head coach leaving his team during championship week 
to go to another campus strikes me as pretty far-fetched. So that's in the, I think. Um, I still think head coaching experience is going to be very, very big as USF hires its coach. I, I, I think that's a, a very strong thing for, for what they want, um, yes. which would rule out like a Markel Blackwell is a name I've heard, um, mm-hmm. Juwan Sider, that, that sort of thing. And then the one other thing I want to say is I feel a decision will come this weekend. Um, and, and I say that for, because of, of precedent to some degree. Um, I'll give you a few. Uh, Scott Frost to Nebraska. Um, there had been plenty of rumblings about that, but news of that broke during the UCF conference championship game, and it kind of all quickly became official soon afterward. Mike Norvell from Florida State. Uh, there were some rumblings about that as well. He actually interviewed with FSU during his bye week because most of the time coaches don't interview during their season unless it's a bye week, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Um, so that became official very soon after Memphis beat, I think it was either UCF or Cincinnati for the conference championship. Like he signed his paperwork that day after right. the game. Um, and then it was officially announced the next day. And then Billy Napier, um, his was a little bit different, but he had talked with, with Florida. Um, uh, Scott Strickland flew out to Louisiana to meet with him. And then they announced it the Sunday after the regular season ended. But he did not start at Florida. He did not step foot on, on Florida's campus. He was not introduced with the press conference until the Sunday after the conference championship game. So basically they said, okay, we have locked him up. He is going to come here. Here's a couple quotes. Now he's focused on his football game, and we're going to let him do that. He's going to make f- recruiting phone calls and staff phone calls after work hours when he's done game planning uh, to beat, I think it was App State. And then on Sunday after the game, he's going to join us. So based on that, my expectation would be it, it is highly likely that an announcement will come this weekend just because I think the top candidates or some of the top candidates have a game on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, it's just it's really hard to focus on two things. Um, you know, the old walk and shoot bubblegum, sure, but you've also got a staff that's involved, right? It's not just the head coach. You know, you've got a lot of assistants whose lives are going to be moved as well. Some of them will go with the new head coach, some some might not. So, let me assure you, the game plans aren't as good when that scenario occurs <laughs> when everybody knows, "Hey man, this guy's headed out of here. I better look for a job." Um, did, did, so did, you, fair, did you did you watch Old Miss the last two weeks? Right? Yeah, ex- there you go. There's a perfect yeah, example. It, it, exactly, yeah. and, and honestly, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no. if you think about it, I would not want a head coach, my next head coach, to be doing a lot of that stuff. That's unfair to the players that you know. Absolutely, he recruited that he brought in the staff. Yeah. I want him focused as much as possible on doing right by the 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 players and the staff and the fans and the alumni and everybody in that building, the, the secretary, the ticket salespeople, and trying to win a conference championship. Like we can poo-poo, I, I will not, but some people might poo-poo the Sunbelt Conference Championship or the MAC Championship or whatever. But the goal at every school in the country, except for Notre Dame and uh, other independents, the goal for every school in the country is win the conference. That is one of the few things you can control, right? If you win your game and you win the conference, that is an enormous achievement that the players and staff will take with them forever. When, when, you, when you look at resumes of coaching candidates, and believe me, I've been doing a lot of that, it always says, so-and-so won two Big Sky championships, three Mountain West championships, whatever it is. A part of the was on staff when they won the Southeastern Conference in 1993. 
those that is a big deal. So if I understand that that the portal is happening, USF some USF players are in it, may maybe leaving, may not be leaving. I totally get it. But that conference championship game has to mean something, and if it doesn't mean anything to the candidate, then that's not a guy I would want. I agree, and it means a lot to the players, some of which are not going to be going with the head coach. I just, you know, so many coaches, what do they say every time they get up in front, or very many of them say in front of their team, hey, guys, we got to finish. we got to finish yep. games. we got to finish the season. The, the most famous example of that was Bobby Petrino. His big thing when he was with the Falcons was, <laughs> we got to finish, guys. Get a finish. And he left the note in their lockers and headed headed out of there um, with two games left in the season. So, yeah, I, it's, I don't it's, want a guy I'm, that's going to cut and run. I, I'm sorry to interrupt one more time, but um, I, I'm looking up uh, – the, the video that Deion Sanders posted yesterday, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, because I have to check Instagram to confirm proof <laughs> of life right. that he was on campus. <clears throat> Definition of finish is on the, the video board behind him. Oh, Bring a goodness. task or activity to an end, complete an end or a final part or stage of something. Wow. What a great anecdote. Might see that in a lead somewhere. I don't know. That's uh, maybe, or at least it just, confirms what you're saying yeah exactly does i mean that's that's and and look there are (laughs) there are coaches who say one thing and they do something else that's that's Mm -hmm. you know history is full of those examples so usf played ucf you were there this turned into a hell of a game um (laughs) i mean all of a sudden ucf fighting to get into the american athletic conference championship and and uh boy they they were up big and then all of a sudden in a dogfight yeah, Rick, next time you see me, um, I'm, I'm not going to be cleanly shaven. I can promise you that. And you're going to see <laughs> some more gray in, in my stubble. And that's why. Yeah. It's ha- yeah, half of it's my kid, half of it's th- this past weekend. Um, what, a, what a game, right? Like, that was absolutely unreal where, you know, it's 28 to nothing. Okay, we're done here. I can start yeah, writing. And start writing. I had a, yeah. I had a nice lead. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I showed yeah. you know, Joey Knights in the press con- in the press box next to me. We're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. The bosses know we're all good. I, I can message the photographers. This is where I'm going with this. If you can find something to match with it, like, and then it doesn't happen. Um, and then USF comes back, and I don't think there were any significant schematic adjustments. You know, maybe they changed a little bit with the run fits, but they just started executing. And you know, I, I heard from plenty of UCF fans about how the Knights, oh, we gave the game away. That no, no. Just look at the way it played out, where USF had an interception, threw an interception on a deflected pass and fumbled into the end zone. And then you look at the way UCF did it, where they lost a couple fumbles on, on back-to-back offensive snaps and, and really good situation for the Bulls. So both kind of had some screw-ups there, but it was just you know an insane, insane game. And give USF a ton of credit for that. Um, being in a situation where you got a lame duck staff, Last season against a top twenty-five team that I mean, UCF is pretty good. Let's not let's not forget that. And you find a way down twenty-eight to nothing to come back and take the lead with a few minutes left. Unbelievable. I mean, the the the, the way USF's offense worked, especially the last couple games, when again the season was over, the coach is gone, nobody knows what's going to happen. That is a huge, huge testament to what Trickett and, and, and you know Daniel DePrade, the interim coach, and, and those guys were able to do to to. Uh, you know, find a way to, to give themselves a chance in, in a game where I did not give them much of a chance. Yeah, impressive to get what was at one point, I think, their fourth quarterback or fourth string quarterback um, yep. that uh, 
played the last few games and played very, very well. So um, says something about that kid and, and what he what he did with his opportunity, which is really kind of cool to see. So um, there'll be some players there, and, and some are, by the way, some have already begun to enter the transfer portal out of USF mm-hmm. too, which is not a good thing for the incoming staff, whoever it is. You're, you're right. Um, it's not unexpected, though. This, this right. well, first of all, that's the way the portal goes. The portal giveth, the portal taketh away. <laughs> it does, as, yeah. As, as Jeff Scott said, and I think it was August. Um, and anytime there's a situation like like this where you're either in transition or. Um, I mean, right now in limbo, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, you're going to have guys leave. Um, that's to be expected. Um, I, I, w- I will see if any of them choose to come back after all, because you can enter the portal and come back. Um, oh, man, we hired this great coach. He's a perfect fit for me. Boom, I stay. That would not be mm-hmm. crazy. Um, it's you know That's part of the reason why I know a lot of USF fans are getting antsy in terms of not having a coach yet. Again, as 9.22 Wednesday morning. Um but yeah, this this is just it's just part of it, and one the coach is going to be more important than two days extra in the transfer portal, right? Or making Absolutely. sure this, you know, trying to get Jimmy Horn back after after he enters the portal, stuff like that. The coach yeah. is going to be far more important than any single player, and that decision has to be the right one. And if that means mm-hmm. waiting a little bit to let the dominoes fall, or for your coach to do his conference championship game, or whatever the case may be, that's you know, if you got to wait, you got to wait. Yeah, it's part of the business, and and like you said, they'll get players once they settle as well. So it goes two ways. All right, Florida, Florida State. Um, I was disappointed that Florida sort of laid the proverbial egg at Vanderbilt the week before. Didn't know what to expect. Thought it took a little luster off the Florida, Florida State game. No, no, no such thing. Nope. Uh, that was a track meet from the start of the game. Uh, if you like offensive football, boy, there were plays made all over the field, and none bigger than Jordan Travis and the run. The glory that he had, uh, the escapability was was second to none. What growth of this Florida State quarterback? And for that matter, let's give Mike Norvell some credit because he got those guys on a run. They finished that game when you talk about finishing, and they beat Florida. Entertaining as heck game, and as uh, we were as you were doing it, you said, "Yeah, about time." Um, what what did you make of that entire spectacle up there? That had to be electric. Oh, it was awesome. Um, Doke was, I don't think it was the best I've seen it, but it was up there. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, Notre Dame game last year, Virginia Tech opener for Willie's first game at, you know, at least for the first couple minutes, the Oklahoma game in 2011, those are the mm-hmm. ones that come to mind. And, and, and I mean, Clemson in 14, probably and then the one the other night, uh, I mean, it was electric. It was, it was what Florida, Florida state is supposed to be. And yes. I was so glad to get to experience it. And yeah, I know, you know, Florida State's top 15 and not higher than that. And I know Florida's six and six, but it still felt like Florida, Florida State. And I am extremely grateful for that. Um, Jordan Travis, my God. Uh, I, I was thinking about it, you know, in, in the uh, interviews. I, I was going to ask him about the, the great run he had. And I was like, how do I separate the one I'm talking about from the other two really, really impressive runs he had. Right. <laughs> right? Like he, he had the, the, the one touchdown where he tight roped down the left sideline. And that was probably like his third best play. Um, mm. and, but somebody did ask him about the one where he spun out. And I, I counted like four missed tackles and then gets down to the yeah. one. Cause again, he had two sensational uh, eluding tacklers where he got down to the one. Um, he's like, I, I have no idea how he did that. Like, okay, well, great. <laughs> um, but his progress has been 
uh, unreal. Um, go back, you know, I, I went back the other day and looked at um, what I wrote from the 2020 Florida State-Miami game where he was in right. as like a change of pace on a trick gadget play, and it, it was a mess. So to go from that to now where, you know, in the next couple of days I'm going to sit down and come up with my 12-ish, 10 to 15 candidates for the Heisman, Jordan Travis mm-hmm. is going to be on my list. Yeah. I, okay. I don't know that he. I don't know that I'm going to put him in my top three, but sure. I'm going to give him serious consideration. Um, where you know, he entered the week the last weekend twelfth nationally in passing efficiency. I don't know what he, what he looked at now. He's in the top ten all time in Florida State history in rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns. That's wow. pretty re- remarkable. I mean, just his progress to where you you go like I don't I don't know if if he's that good. To okay, he's pretty good. To he's good. To he's better than good now. Um, you know, I had some Florida fans coming at me saying, "Oh, yeah, he's a decent player." No, no, he's a lot better than decent. Um, the way he eluded rushers, Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, um, Bryce Young, I would put in that mix. That that might be the list in terms of guys that I've seen. You know, guys, guys of my lifetime. Um, wow. And I, mean, I don't think that's hyperbole, just the way he was able to get out of those and not just avoid a sack, but avoid a sack and get positive yards. And not just get yeah. positive yards, get down to the one twice. Yeah. So, yeah, his performance was, I mean, put that in the annals of Florida, Florida State history, what he did. And his final numbers weren't like sensational. I think he was 13 of 30 passing, although it had a bunch of drops. But, man, he was the reason they won. He was the reason... That you know, Florida State's nine and three, and, and and where they are right now, and if he comes back, which I think he will, I, I don't know, um, but if he comes back, he's the reason I think of them as maybe the the front runner in the ACC in twenty three. Well, it's impressive what he did. It was it was a, it was an impressive game, and and I wanted to ask you because you I think you wrote about this in Tempe Times on Tempe dot com. Why are these next couple weeks important to uh, to Florida State? Uh, or to, well, I, I mean, I don't know where they're going to end up ranked, right? What do they have? What's their best outside bowl chance right now? So Florida State, they're, they're not going to make the Orange Bowl. Clemson uh, losing to South Carolina. I don't think there's a scenario where Clemson makes the playoffs, and they're not going to go to the Orange Bowl. Uh, the Holiday Bowl would be an option. I've seen them in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, um, which was formerly the Camping World Bowl and the Champ Sports Bowl and yeah, the Russell yeah. Athletic Bowl and yep. you know, um, so they're going to go to a nice bowl and, and they're going to have a chance at a ten win season. Which I thought that was, you know, when you include the bowl, I, I could have seen that happening at the start of the season. I just didn't think it was likely. You know, I, I did not have a good read on Florida State. I you know five and seven would not have surprised me. Nine and three, not a super shock either. Um, but obviously to be on that high end is very impressive and no, we'll see how kind of they are able to close out this recruiting class because they've done fine, but they haven't done a great job. You know, Norvell really has a lot of his progress has been through the transfer portal. You know, you look mm-hmm. at a guy like Jermaine Johnson last year was it played at Georgia, not a ton goes in and you know, ACC defensive player of the year, Jared verse from Albany um, comes in and is, maybe the ACC's Defensive Player of the Year this year. Uh, Johnny Wilson at receiver, Micah Pittman at receiver, Trey Benson at running back. My goodness. Uh, he's he's among the nation's leaders, if not number one, in, in missed tackles. And those are guys that he brought in through the portal. So he's done a really good job evaluating that way. 
Um, and I'm curious to see just who he's able to get from there um, in terms of reloading and, and, and restocking there. Because, as I said, you look at the way Clemson's been shaky this year um, with DJ Uyunglele. This is not Clemson the way it was from 16 to 18 or 15 to 19, I guess. They've taken a step back. And based on what we've seen from FSU and their trajectory, I don't know why FSU would not be in that conversation to, to knock them off next year. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what do you make of, uh, of Florida's season? Um, they lose the last couple games. Um, not on a high note. I guess they're bowl eligible. What, what, what do we think Billy Napier did? You know, it, it was a it was a rough year, right? It, it was. Um, I think there's a lot of questions there. I, I said seven and five at the start of the year. Obviously, they were a, a tad worse than that. Not significantly yeah. so. Oh, one no, game, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't fire everybody. It's none of that. But there are the next couple of weeks are going to be crucial for him. Um, there's already they've already had two four sevens done a really good job of tracking. I think they've had nine guys leave, get dismissed, enter the portal, say they're entering the portal. Uh, in the last couple months. Um, and there's going to be more, right? No one mm-hmm. knows what Anthony Richardson is going to do in terms of NFL or not, but, but some people are going to leave. And that's going to open up spots for Norvell, or Norvell, for Napier to add other people through the portal. Um, they got a number eight recruiting class, which, if it stands, would be you know, probably their best since 2013. Um, it's not Georgia level, but it's still pretty strong and go, will go a long way to boosting that up if they can keep all those guys. Because after a six and six season, you got questions. Sure. Um, so those are just on the talent acquisition, roster management things that are key. But I also think Napier. I'm curious to see how Napier handles his staff. And here's what I mean by that: Billy's thing, and he said this you know, when he got hired. We want to have two offensive line coaches because it's a line of scrimmage game, particularly in the SEC. I think what separates the SEC from most of the other leagues is the D lineman in it. Um, even you know, Arkansas, Mizzou, they've got dudes, and they've got dudes that a lot of the other teams don't. So you need to have a really good offensive line. So so the Gators are going to have two offensive line, line coaches. Okay, that's fine. But if you have two there, that means something else is missing. And for Florida, that means Billy Napier is a quarterback's coach. Okay, you, you can understand why. But Anthony Richardson got better this year, but he did not get come close to his potential. I think right. Florida was like 75th in the country in passing efficiency. Right. In his final game, Richardson was, was 9 of 27 passing. And, and it's not like there were a ton of drops. And I think there were some, but there were times where they do a receiver screen and they'd throw it at the guy's feet. So that gives me pause if I'm looking big picture and trying to think what's holding Florida back. I think it's fair to question that. I also think it's fair to question special teams. Um most co- most teams, some I think a few have a designated. This guy only coaches special teams. Um, Florida doesn't have even a position coach where you know running backs coach slash special teams coordinator. No, they, they all share it on the field. Where somebody's got punt return and somebody's got field goal coverage. And, you know, 
all that type of stuff. Um, I think it's fair after this year to question whether that's still the right approach. Um, where they, I think they were like 56th in special teams SP plus, um, just advanced metrics that puts it all together. You know, not great in punt return, not great in punt coverage, just not great. And for Napier to say, you know, he's got a game changers, right? He wants guys who change games. He wants special teams to change games. I don't know that Florida did that a ton. And I think it's fair to question whether that's still going to be the right approach. And I don't know that Billy's going to make changes. I don't know that one year is enough of a sample size to change his system. But I'm curious to see what he does. Because his old boss, Nick Saban, what he's better at than almost anybody in college football history is adapting. Where you yeah. look at 2009 Alabama and you look at 2020 Alabama. Yeah. They are so different. And the guy, the type of guys they bring in on defense where, you know, the the linebackers now would have been safeties in the older days. And you look at the offense where you go from plotting, marking guys to spread, up-tempo, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Tua. Bryce Young. So just very, very different. And he saw, okay, what we did, even though we were doing it at a really high level, what we did isn't going to work anymore. So I want to yeah. see if, if Napier thinks my plan can still work. We just didn't have the people, which is totally possible. Or, you know what, maybe this approach was not the right one. Maybe I need to tweak it based on what I've, you know, a 12-game sample size. So I think it's just a crucial stretch here for Florida to redo their roster and rethink you know, quality control is the, the Napier thing. Quality control, the staff composition to see if this is the best way moving forward to get them to have a big jump the way he had in year two at Louisiana and the way Kirby and Saban had big year two jumps at, at Georgia and Bama. Yeah, and I'll just say this about Anthony Richardson. Tremendous talent. You, you see it. He's a, a multi-skilled athlete, um, not ready to jump to the NFL. I would, I would strongly urge him not to do that, not knowing his family situation and all of that. But he needs to complete more passes. And however, however they do that at Florida, that's the key to me, is that the better quarterbacks coming out of college, um, and you mentioned the Alabama quarterbacks, you know what they do? They complete balls. Yeah. Um, you, you can't you can't be 50 percent or less in a college football game. You can't walk out of there after a game with 12 completions. That's just not enough opportunities to give guys a chance to make plays. And that's the one thing I will say about you see the skill in Richardson is undeniable. He's got a great arm. He can run, um, but he doesn't complete enough passes. And however he needs to get that done until they do that, I don't think he's going to be a very good quarterback at any level. So. Um, hopefully they can work with him. All right, real quickly, let's go through uh, the big week in college football still. A yep. lot of these games will have uh, implications, as we know, on the national championship picture. Just your thoughts real quick before we go forward with Michigan. How about Michigan's second half against Ohio State? Hail to the Versnicks marching, right? Um, <laughs> that, that, was, uh, that was remarkable. I, I, was, I, I thought there was a path for Michigan to win. I did not think the path was – the way they did it, especially without Blake Quorum. Um, yep. Ohio yep. State played really tight to me in terms they of decision-making, some of the Coach the, tight. Mm -hmm. the, the boneheaded penalties and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, But, hey, give Michigan credit where, you know, they I've got them two in the country. I think that's where the playoff committee has them. Uh, yep. they're, they're in, right? Like, I guess there's a scenario where they lose 70 to nothing to Purdue and somehow get left <laughs> out. But, no, they're, they're, they're in, and, and they're going to have a – they're going to have a shot at it. 
Um, it still seems like it's Georgia's title to lose, but Michigan's going to have a shot at it. The question is, does Ohio State, with just one loss to Michigan and really one bad half at that, do they still have a good consideration to be in the playoffs? I, th- I mean, it's a path yeah, somewhere. It's possible. I think for that to happen, Utah would have to crush USC. Um, yeah. Look, Georgia's in. Uh, Michigan's Georgia's in. in yeah. mm-hmm. I would think TCU is in no matter what at this point. I, I certainly think they should be. Um, if USC avenges the loss to Utah, which was like a one or two point loss, yeah. um, crazy game. Utah was honoring some fallen teammates, if I recall correctly. Like it, nuts. And if 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 Utah or excuse me, if USC avenges that loss, then they're in no matter what. If it's a close loss to Utah again, I would still think they deserve to get in, um, mm-hmm. just because I don't like the idea of punishing. USC for making their conference championship game and rewarding Ohio State for not. When mm-hmm. I, I don't know that Ohio State was unequivocally better throughout the the whole season. Um, and then, like you look behind that, like with with Alabama and and those guys. It, I don't know. It's this is weird. Um, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo went on uh, some very good rants saying uh, the field should be set now, and I'm kind of tend to agree with him. Or I don't yeah. think it's a good idea that. The, 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 this Ohio State team, based on the way they closed, is not unequivocally one of the four best teams in the country. So why would we punish USC for playing a game that Ohio State didn't get to? That's correct. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You sometimes these teams benefit by not being good enough to be in their conference championships, and that should not be a penalty for those teams that have to play those games because they've earned it. Um, I'm with you. USC, I think is one of the top four teams in the country, and I think they have the Heisman Trophy winner as well. Have you settled? Well, I won't ask you your pick right now, but uh, how much how, how much has the, the Heisman picture changed in the last couple of weeks? Well, it's fair to say Caleb Williams is the front runner. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. I that's one of my assignments here in the next couple of days as I wait for the coaching search to end at USF is to, to jot down my list and start thinking about it and, and then not finalize anything until after the games, of course. Um, right. But yeah, the, the way he played has been fantastic. Um, it's not a surprise to anybody who saw him at Oklahoma. Oklahoma um, but yeah. he's, mm-hmm. you know, under Lincoln Riley, of course. But he's taken things to a new level. Um, you look at some of the other guys who were in the mix. CJ Stroud, not necessarily the best, uh, or uh, up and up and down, I guess it should say. Um, it was unfortunate Blake Corum was out against Ohio State just because he missed an opportunity to have a really big performance on the big stage. Um, I know Max Duggan at TCU is somebody that I'm going to give a lot of consideration to as well. Um, what's weird on Georgia is I don't know that there's like a clear guy. Um, Stetson Bennett's going to get looks just because he's a quarterback. I don't necessarily like that. There's not like a superstar on defense the way there's been in the past. I mean, they got dudes. Don't get me wrong. They got a lot of really good players. But I don't know that there's one guy I'd single out. The best player on Georgia might be Brock Bowers, the tight end. So. Mm-hmm. He's going to be somebody that I'm going to consider. Um, so, yeah, but but obviously, you know, what Caleb Williams has done, he, he's the clear front runner, and uh, I don't know how I will vote because um, I haven't done it yet, but I, I, it's fair to assume that he's going to be very high on my list. And I think it's, you know, because of his team success, and he's the biggest part or a big part of that. On the other hand, a guy who played as well as he did last year well, no, he played better than he did last year, is the Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young. I'm telling you, when I watch this guy play quarterback, there's no one better in college football right now. 
I don't, I don't know that I disagree with you. I, I mean, he he's, does everything he's awesome. right. Yeah. It, it, we we talked about it after that that great Alabama Tennessee game. Right? Hendon yeah. Hooker will be on my list as well. I should should have mentioned him. But Hendon Hooker was great, and I understand why all the buzz was around him. I, I totally get it. But watching that game, I thought Bryce Young was the best player on that field. No question. No question. So, yeah, I. I'm going to have to to give him consideration. Um, mm-hmm. His numbers are not as good. You know, he's his passing efficiency one fifty six point five. So that's seventeenth in the country. Um, mm-hmm. it, can you justify that? Maybe because the numbers tell you one thing, but your eyes tell you something different. Yeah. Um, I mean, either way, he's a really, really, really good player, and he's been fun to watch. And uh, you know. He'll, he'll go on to the league and probably do some really good things, and college football will be worse off because of it. Yeah, I don't know anything about quarterbacking in the NFL. I've seen him come out, but I'm telling you that if I had to choose between the guys that we're talking about that might be eligible for the NFL draft and even some that aren't, Bryce Young to me is, is the most NFL-ready quarterback there is. And let's, let's just say this. How are the Alabama quarterbacks doing now in the National Football League? Jalen Hurts is maybe the MVP mm-hmm leader right now and oh last time i checked Tua Tungavaloa is doing just fine in miami thank you and, and and let's not forget too alabama's receivers aren't that good no right like that's the alabama is is not going to win a national championship barring some absolutely bonkers scenario it's not because of, of bryce young it's because if you look at the offense the receivers are not great you know they right. had some issues last year when, when Mechie got hurt, and then they had to bring in Jamison Williams, the Ohio State transfer, just because they they had an insane run of receivers where you got you know, Ruggs and Waddle, oh, yeah. Devontae Smith, and, and, and those guys. And you can't do that forever. And they've regressed to the point where you know, Bryce Young doesn't have enough help. And that limit, you know, that's, when you look at a passing efficiency that's really good but not elite, that's something that, that jumps out to me is they don't have the guys yeah. that were getting a lot of separation. And, he did a lot himself. So, yeah, he's he's been unreal. He's definitely somebody I'm going to look at. All right. So um, are you footballing this week or watching uh, the, the action from afar? I will be watching from my couch, um, you know, st- starting with, with soccer, I'm sure, in the morning. Um, and then right. all the way through. And then uh, we'll see what else happens. Um, yeah. You know, I would not – I mentioned this, but I would not be surprised at all if there's an announcement for USF's next football coach on Saturday. I so think Saturday night. To, yep. Mm-hmm. I will be at my couch in position for all of that. It'll be a, uh, you know, takeout kind of night. Uber eats one of those, uh, just, <laughs> just in case. And, and believe me, my, my, my wife is ready for this to be over. We're, we're lying in bed last night. She's like, why are you still checking the message for us? Why are you doing this? <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I sent you I one at 1130. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, we will be in that mix, and, and then hopefully USF names a coach soon, and then uh, I am going to hide for a long time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, Till we till at least we get to uh, the playoffs and stuff. Well, it's been a tremendous year. Matt, thanks for everything. We'll talk to you again for sure. We've still got conference championships. We still have, uh, obviously, the Heisman Trophy. The national championship picture still has to be uh, cleared up, so – Great work. Uh, check them out on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks, Matt. Sure. Thanks, Rick. <clears throat>
All right, speaking of college football, we'll get into some of the matchups and break down some of those games on tomorrow's podcast. Also, uh, we still have some mailback questions. You have time to get those in. If we didn't read yours, you can still submit those. You can do that by sending them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 